Hello, everyone. My name is Kaylee, and you are listening to the first episode of the Warrior Painters podcast. In this episode, I chatted with four artists in the entertainment industry about their first art job experience, how they landed a job, what they learned, and what tips they could offer to fellow job seekers. Hi, my name is Alvin Villanueva. I've been a background painter since 2013 here in Los Angeles. And I just finished,、uh, I just wrapped up a job at Cartoon Network working on Close Enough, which is going to premiere in July 9th. So watch out for it. I'm Angela. I've been working in the industry for almost eight years. I'm currently a v i z d e v artist at DreamWorks Feature. Hi, I'm Michelle.、Um, I think I've been working for six years ish、um, in the animation industry, and I'm currently lead designer slash character designer. Um, at a show at Wild Canary. And、uh, my name is Larry.、Uh, I've been working in various industries for about professionally for about nine years now.、Uh, currently, I'm a freelance、uh, theme park designer. So I've been working on some theme park stuff. That's awesome. Did you design Disneyland? Oh, yeah, all of it. All of it. <laughs> Back in the day. All right. So I want to kick off this with a warm up question. When you were a kid, what did you want to be when you were growing up? A lesbian. No, I'm just joking. I wanted to be a, a marine biologist. You did it. Yay. <laughs> yeah. Completed my dream. <laughs> Thank you. A marine biologist. Did you know what that was when you were younger? Yeah, because I was really into fish and raising like guppies and stuff like that. So I wanted to understand more about fishes. A lot of kids、right. wanted to be marine biologists. I remember that was like a very popular career goal. Oh, damn. Good thing we're not because there's so much plastic in the ocean. There's probably no more fish. <laughs> Michelle, what about you? I think I wanted to be a librarian. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I really like books and reading.、Um, I think I also wanted to be a teacher. At least those are my earliest memories of what I wanted to do. But you are a teacher right now. So you're.、Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Also became true. Um, I also wanted to be a lesbian as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Actually, I wanted to be Michael Jackson, but、um, that was not, that didn't go so well. <laughs> Then I wanted to、uh, design cars, and、uh, that didn't go so well, too. So、uh, now I'm here. How did you want to become Michael Jackson? Is it the music or the dance? Both. He was my idol, he was my first、uh, role model in life. When I was really young, I wanted to become a shark, but、uh, that didn't work out. Because that's impossible.、Um, <laughs> then I think early on, I wanted to be an architect because I drew a lot, and everybody told me that's the job that you're supposed to get when you like to draw. And then my dad stopped me from doing that. So after that, it's just been studying to become an artist in various forms. I find that interesting because、um, when I was growing up, I didn't know there's a job or occupation as an artist. So、yeah. I'm wondering, how did you guys? Know that you can be an artist and make a living. Yeah, actually, I didn't know either because my parents are traditional Asian parents. They only raise you to be a doctor, engineer, nurse, or a lawyer. So when I went to college for the first time, I picked an engineer because I liked cars at the time. So I thought I was going to be designing cars. But I picked mechanical engineering and I didn't know that that wasn't really the right path if you want to design cars. You were supposed to pick vehicle design. So I didn't know that. And、uh, by the time I realized, I was already like in my fourth year of school. So I was like, oh, I might as well just finish school. And then I got a job, and my friend who I was、uh, 
my high school friend, he went to art school. And then I was like, hey man, how's things going? And like, yeah, man, I just, uh, I'm just about to graduate art school. Uh, I'm gonna get an internship at Pixar. And that's, that blew my mind. I was like, wait, what? Hold on, you can do that? You can, hold on, Pixar, the place that makes movies? I had no, I had no idea until he mentioned that you can, an artist can work in movies. Uh, prior to that, I only thought if you wanted to do art for a living, you would be doing caricatures at Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk or something. So that's how I found out. Well, for me, when I was 16 years old, uh, I started to get really bad. Like I, I was so bad at math that I'm like, okay, I guess I can't become a scientist. So I started to do some research online and I found conceptart.org. That's how I found out. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I talked, I reached out to like one of my idols at the time, Feng Zhu. So I emailed him and I'm like, hey, I don't know if you could make money doing this, but like, could you give me some advice? And he emailed me back and um, he said that it's totally, you could totally make a good life out of this. And as long as you work hard, it'll be fine. So that's when I decided to work on becoming an artist. And Michelle, you said that you find out through the same website? Um, well, yeah, similarly, when I was like scoping around, because um, I also, I wouldn't say that I always wanted to be an artist, um, but when it came time to like, now I'm gonna apply to schools and I have to figure out like what direction I wanna go, I was sort of interested in art because that was just something I always wanted to do, but also wasn't aware of like, all the different um, roles and positions that I think now a lot more people are aware of, um, like what a vis dev artist is, what a character designer is. Like back then, I, that's when I first heard about like concept artists, like from conceptart.org, that forum and stuff. So I, I can't think of like a specific person. Um, I think I mostly just like stalked the forums and was just like looking at what other people were doing. Um, I might have emailed some people, like asking them, like, what schools did you go to? What did you study and stuff? Um, I ended up going to USC and studying animation, um, not knowing entirely, like, what what I would want to do in animation necessarily or what kind of jobs there were for animation, but it was just, like, one direction that I thought would be interesting. And then also, since USC is, like, a, a university that's not just an art school, they have a lot of other different schools. I thought I could keep my options open in case this didn't work out. I liked art. I liked watching um, animated movies and stuff. Um, I don't think I was really aware of what it took to make animation um, and all the work that involved that was involved, and that was something I, I definitely learned in school. And I kind of maybe not want to be an animator, but but it also opened me up to like other areas like design, um, um, character design, and painting, and all that other stuff that I wasn't aware of was also part of um, animation. I found out about this stuff way before, well, maybe not way before, but like pre-internet days. Uh, I got one of those Art of Star Wars books by uh, Rahul Corey, and later on, uh, the ones that Doug Chang did for the old Star Wars movies, and I would look at it and not really understand what it took to do it. So like, I went to college and I went and studied fine art, and I had no idea what fine art was. My parents didn't know anything about college. So when I went there and I said, okay, fine art is just like painting, right? I said, no, it's just that when you come up with crazy stuff that you pull out of your butt and, uh, and it's just like, uh, it's, it's, it's completely something completely different. And back in the day, uh, I think before the recession, um, most people, they go to school and they kind of like just wiggle away into something. You, you kind of, um, 
just fumble into it. So like after a few years of studying fine art and kind of bullshitting my way through college, um, like uh, I ended up uh, getting a job that's totally unrelated to anything. And then after that, uh, my my ex-girlfriend at the time, she convinced me to go to Art Center, something that I found out my heroes like Doug Chang and a lot of the, the people who did concept art at the time, they went to that school. So she applied for me and I went in and I applied and I was able to um, get in. So that kind of started my trajectory on that kind of stuff. And I, slowly I learned a little bit more and I met uh, Angela in school. So you went to two colleges? Yes, two colleges. Uh, oh. Wasted a lot of money. Uh, two bachelors, bachelors of art and bachelors of science. Wow, impressive. You also worked in animation too, right, Larry? Oh, uh, no, never worked in animation. I worked in uh, a little bit in games, like mobile mm -hmm. games, and a little bit in film for VFX houses and stuff. Okay, okay. Um, how, how did you guys discover all these paths um, of like the routes to go to after you graduated or you dropped out? Like, for me, I feel like school never taught me this. So I was really mad at Art Center actually for that. But um, I, I think it was just getting referrals for me was how I knew about the different positions. Getting referrals from where? Like your friend would be like, hey, this job is looking for this. Why don't you try out for it? I'm like, yeah. at first I had no idea TV animation was separated into so many different like job titles. But it was after the fact that like I got in that I found out. So I was like really dumb and like naive when I first got in. I think, yeah, because like we all keep talking about like back then, like it was ages ago, but I don't know, maybe it was like a decade ago or so. I, I don't really know um, timeline wise, but yeah, it was probably like before Instagram. Um, I think I found out about jobs or like specific animation jobs through school. I took classes with Will Weston, who also taught at Art Center. And he was always showing us some um, work from like VizDev artists um, who worked at Disney and, and a lot of the feature artists. So that was like the first time I heard of the term um, VizDev artist or visual development artist. Um, and I wanted to go that path. Um, and I think it was just maybe through him and, and talking to other, other students as well um, and doing more like digging online is, is when I was like, got to be more open up to other like positions and stuff um, in animation is because I feel like for a lot of us we weren't necessarily like focused on one like we're, I'm going to become um, like a character designer a background designer and then this is my path through school we all were like we went in we sort of knew what we maybe want to do this maybe not and then other things kind of like oh wow we, it was it was like we were uh, I know Angela said you were like young and naive but I think that was kind of a good thing for all of this because it made us like a little bit more open-minded and who knows it's kind of exciting like who knows what other uh, new things are popping up and they all are kind of new I feel like a lot of these and I feel like this dev role has kind of changed um over time too versus like older Disney guys um working like traditional um traditional work versus like now everything is all digital and stuff so these roles are like kind of new always changing so of course back then we didn't know about it and now like a lot of information is out there and a lot of people are able to, to learn and maybe be a little more focused on their, on their paths. Yeah, yeah. Like Instagram is definitely a better source right now um, for people okay. to get to know different things than what you guys had before. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I mean, I didn't know exactly every path. Like when I started, I didn't know there was a difference between background layout and background painting. 
when I graduated, we all graduated with BizDev. So, you know, I thought, I thought everything, I thought a BizDev artist just applied to everything. And at the time when I graduated, I actually wanted to get into games, into video games, because I was, I was playing a lot of video games at the time. And uh, video games and uh, feature film, because that's what our school, San Jose State, prepared us for. So it was either video games or movies. And um, I, I ended up in series animation somehow. Well, I kind of like just kind of bubbled into it, uh, but the, it just coincided that I really loved theme park growing up, and I still loved it. Like, every time I go travel, I would actually go to theme park to, to check it out. And my favorite ride when I was a kid was uh, Back to the Future at uh, Universal Studios. And later on, eventually, I would end up working for Universal doing some of the, the stuff for the rides. And uh, it's just like if you have a passion in something, somehow you're just going to bubble into it. Um, uh, you might... Uh, you might only do like fan art. So I did a lot of um, fan art of rides for like stuff that I really like. And somehow they discovered my artwork and they ended up hiring me based on stuff that I did just for fun. And now are you like open to any other industries as well? Like film, like animation? Yeah, because uh, theme park is uh, kind of slowing down right now because uh, nobody can go do any work. So development <laughs> is slowing down. So yeah, I'm, I'm uh, actually learning a lot from Angela. She's trying to whip me into shape to do animation. <laughs> I think that kind of eases into um, our, our main topic today. Like we really want to learn how you guys got your first art job. So you can talk about your first um, paycheck from doing artwork and also your first full-time job as an artist. I, in class, I, I was never like the best student. In fact, I was one of the worst, but I, I, I tried really, really hard. And, um, and the teacher can see the effort that I put into it. Like, it was it was a, it was a struggle, but later on, uh, the teacher ended up referring me to one of his friends because he says like this this kid's a hard worker, so he sent me in and gave me my first job, which was at a, a kind of like a small VFX studio. There was a lot of stories about my first job that uh, a lot of things I didn't know that I wish I knew that I had to overcome, but uh, overall, you know, it was a good experience because like I was glad to have the opportunity. And one thing I realized subsequently that a lot of the times the jobs is. Some of it's based on your work, but a lot of times it's based on referral. So uh, the more people you know, the, the better impression you leave, the more likely you're going to get uh, hired for something that you didn't even realize somebody was looking for. And how yes. long did you work there? Uh, for maybe about half a year. Half a year before. It was just all project-based. So in our industry, everything is project-based. After a while, you build up this resume of all this, also this body of work. Uh, you, I felt like I learned more on the job about stuff than I did in in school because school they kind of rush you you have like a, a week to do a project sometimes and you have five classes so you're trying to tackle five projects at once so you you can't dedicate as much time to refine but then the studios give you sometimes they give you a lot more time sometimes the opposite and that's the time you worked on some vfx for movies right although no, that was before that i was it was for video games so it was oh, okay it was for i don't know if you guys ever heard of brats like these dolls that, that yeah has, yeah <laughs> Uh, one of my first projects like was, treasure trolls. Yeah, pretty much with the big eyes, the big lips. They look like uh, Kardashians for kids. But uh, <laughs> I didn't expect that myself okay. to do that. But it was it was actually one of my funnest jobs. One thing important thing I learned from that first job was that uh, just because you're a big fan of something doesn't mean that project's going to be the most fun. So I actually had a Star Wars job, and it was completely horrible uh, at the same studio. And like I was oh awesome, my first job I get to work on Star Wars stuff. It's great, you know. But they, because they had already set a set a standard of what things should look like, and Lucasfilm is very, very picky about how things ought to be, you cannot deviate 
So basically, they're just translating things that already exist. So um, we as artists, we're, we're, we want to be creative. We want to express ourselves, right? So sometimes uh, these projects that have these set guidelines, they didn't have that. So when they threw me on the brass, you know, I just use uh, what I knew, what little did I know of, of uh, I guess, dolls, but uh, just kind of like doing it and making it funny. And then it was, it was a blast to work on. So yeah, brass. And did that job experience prepare you for the next jobs? Or did you get a job right after or? A few months after I finally landed my dream gig, which was a, a VFX house called Rhythm and Hughes. Uh, they were it was it was kind of controversial at the time because that was the same year uh, they did the movie that won the Academy Award and a few years back they had this whole VFX strike and everybody was putting like green screens in the background and uh, I think that that was a time when uh, there was a big upheaval where uh, a lot of people in the industry realized that because there is no union um, it kind of suffered and like all these artists because at the time they were making so much money at the time the few the few that were in there they never banded together and because of that uh the, the everything is just like a foot and eventually the the studio that i worked for even though they won the academy award they went bankrupt so that's a lot of things that you also see in this industry like some if you're working for a lot of smaller studios sometimes they'll be successful uh, a lot of times they could just go under like in, within the year so you never really know hmm. that's pretty sad do you miss the people or do do you ever miss the that experience Right now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was great. I, the funny thing is the industry is still pretty small, so you'll see the same people again. Like I, a lot of my, my coworkers went to to DreamWorks and various other studios, and we still meet and talk to this day. So it's good. The camaraderie is still there. I kind of have two first. Like what I consider my first first art job working for a studio wasn't necessarily in studio. Um, I actually found it through Twitter. Um, I just saw. I don't even know how. I'll, who posted or whatever, but someone posted and someone was looking and it turned out to be a studio in Ireland. Um, so I just sent them my stuff um, and they liked it and they had me jump on like, a, it was like a short um, animated series um, for, I think it was on, on, on BBC and stuff. And I basically had to do, I do a lot more stuff than I thought I was going to do, including like storyboarding and I'm not a storyboard artist, but I was like, sure, yeah, I can do that. Uh, storyboard I do like characters and backgrounds so it was like quite quite a good and good first um first dive into like getting my feet wet um and trying a lot of different things um even though I didn't necessarily know how to do everything like I didn't really know how to storyboard and stuff um and I was working like remotely from home um so I did that for a couple months and I think after that um, my first in-house studio job um, here in LA, um, I actually didn't apply for. Um, I just finished up an internship and uh, a fellow intern, um, we, we both were from LA and we came back to LA and she said she knew somebody at, at a studio, a local studio called Wild Canary and she would just send my stuff in. Um, so again, we were talking about like referrals and really it, it is very important and, and a really big deal in, in helping you get jobs. So I didn't even know if they were looking, I didn't know what they did, um, but she sent my stuff in and it turned out that they were looking for an artist. Um, they called me in and then I got hired. Um, and it was weird because it turned out um, there were a few people at that studio that I already knew before, like one of my teachers from school was like a director there. 
um, some other uh, people that I had interned with before. Um, so it is like a, a really, really small industry um, that you'll run into, you'll run into all these people all the time. So I think I, I got super, super lucky in, in that aspect. Um, and I've been at that studio for, for a couple of years now. Did you ever try a storyboard at the studio or no? Not, not uh, no. <laughs> there are people who know how to storyboard and much more experienced and, and trained in, in doing that. Um, it wasn't really something that I was interested in doing. Um, I'm glad I got the experience of doing it, um, but it's not something that I would want to just do as like a career. But that was good experience. The, the, your first job was working for an overseas um, studio. Yeah, and it turns yeah. out we work with a lot of overseas studios down here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, Alvin, you want to talk about it next? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of wild. Yeah. For... <laughs> We're excited to hear it. My first job experience. Well, first I started um, when I first graduated. When I graduated, I was very confident that I was gonna get a job soon. I just like there was like no doubt in my mind. I was arrogant also. I had lots of arrogance <laughs> years ago when I was younger. <laughs> I'm not arrogant anymore though. But uh, yeah, um, it turns out one of my uh, colleagues, one of my classmates from school he's been going down to LA to meet with people and uh, he met up with this company called Fox Animation Domination I don't know if any of you have heard of that company they have built a reputation for themselves and so um, I was able to get some freelance over the summer so I started my professional career the summer that I graduated doing freelance for this company and by the time so I did that for maybe like a month or two, I think. And then they gave me a call and said, hey, why don't you just come work in house? And then I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do this. And then uh, yeah, I just packed up all my shit and moved down to LA and I slept on my friend's couch for a month because they didn't even have a place to live yet. Um, then while I was working, I was looking for a place to live. And then, uh, yeah, then I found a place. And then as for um, the place itself, the owners, there were two main people that ran that studio. Uh, I won't say their names, but they came from live action and uh, they ran the studio like a live action show, which at the time that was my first job. So I didn't know, I didn't know anything. I was like, okay, this is, I just, this is how was, an animation studio is supposed to run. And it was cool. It felt like a startup. We had a cool little building on the sunset. It was very chic. You come, it's like a, almost like an apartment or something. You go in, there's a big spiral staircase, you go up and each of the little office areas, there used to be like a bedroom or something, or like a, this, this used to be a living room, you could tell, and this used to be a kitchen, but they put a, you know, a bunch of tables and computers in there. They repurposed like a old, like chic apartment kind of building to, to be an animation studio. And it housed like one, two, three, four, 20, 40, maybe like 40 or 50 people. Um, yeah, so I mean, my first time, especially like the first few months, that was great. I was like, oh man, this is so cool. I'm in LA, I'm in Hollywood. I made it, I'm in the biz. Uh, and then it kind of started to slowly like uh, go downhill from there. And I started hearing rumors about the, the owners, about how they, they don't know what they're doing. And I heard other rumors, Hollywood style rumors um, about parties and stuff and what happens at parties. And uh, and uh, let's see what else. 
What kind of parties? Uh, uh, stuff that happens at Hollywood parties. <laughs> happened at these company parties. Did you go to any of these parties, Alan? Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, I did. Oh. We need another podcast for, for the That's these a, stories. gonna be a late, that'll be for a late night. <laughs> yeah, after, after late night hours, hours. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, this, then I started to wake up and like, oh, you know what? It's not always a fairy tale. You know, stuff actually happens. This is still a job. You still have to come in on time. You still have to deal with bureaucracy, hierarchies. You have supervisors and producers and bosses to, to deal with. Uh, so yeah, it's all that. So that that kind of sobered me up. So did you like the the work you were producing over there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a couple shows. My first show that I ever worked on was uh, this show called Golan the Insatiable, and that was a a challenge for me because it was the first time that I was asked to do a style that I was not familiar with. So I really had to really learn, teach myself how to look at an image and break down the fundamental parts of it that create that style. It was actually um, a mix of like hand-drawn old style illustration uh, with watercolor. Um, yeah, it's like watercolor-ish, illustration-ish colors. But since it was digital, you had to recreate the watercolor digitally. And uh, you had to have a fast way to apply that illustrationally inky kind of look, look to it without having to redraw everything. So that was a challenge. Um, and that was actually, that show actually uh, premiered on, on TV for a little bit on Fox, but it didn't do well. And um, yeah, and there were some other good shows that, that I like being on. Major Lazer, uh, Axe Cop, and uh, Stone Quackers. All those shows didn't do well, but they were fun to work on. So I'm not feeling bad that I don't know these shows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No one does. No one knows these shows. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Angela's first job. Uh, I, I didn't finish school, but uh, during one term, I was like so broke. So I decided to sell fan art at Anime Expo. So when I was at Anime Expo, I met some really interesting people, but uh, there was a guy that came up to me. He's like, hey, are you looking for work? And I'm like, sure. And I, I thought he was lying to me. He's like, can I have your email? And I like wrote it down on one of my Naruto prints that he got. And uh, he purchased it from me. So after that, he contacted me and I got a job at a small game studio. It wasn't extravagant like uh, like Alvin's nice spiral staircase thing. <laughs> it was like, we were like four people stuck in a really small room. And when you poo, you could hear each other. So that made me really self-conscious, <laughs> yeah. But, um, it was like kind of an internship, but it was full time. After that, I was like, oh, I don't need to finish school because it's so expensive. And um, our friend Darren recommended me to Titmouse and then I got my first job in animation. Seems like at least three of you got the job through the referral in the beginning. Yeah. 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 Do you? Referral, yeah. That that's how um, like most of your friends get their first jobs, maybe too in the industry. It it can be. It definitely helps. Um, maybe for us back then, where like Instagram wasn't a, a thing, and recruiters weren't so much looking at at people's social media as much. Um, and also, there's like way more shows and, and projects going on right now. Um, but for us, 
at least for me, I think referrals definitely help because I applied. I didn't get my first job till like two years after um, school. Um, so and and all the other places I applied to, nobody ever got back to me. Um, in fact, I don't know if I ever gotten a job from like directly applying anywhere. Not to be discouraging, but it's again this like it's an experience everyone everyone has being rejected um, all the time and stuff. That's just that's just part of it and stuff. And then just suddenly the right opportunity or the right job comes up and you happen to be available or you happen to know somebody who knows somebody um, and then things line up and then that happens. And that's not something that you can control really. It just sort of happens. Um, that's because you yeah. didn't go to any of the Hollywood parties or you didn't no. get any anime <laughs> action. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't doing the Rio Panner, I wasn't going to Hollywood parties. <laughs> so, so you were just doing freelance for the two years then? And yeah, yeah, just like, you know, random freelance jobs. Someone needs you to design, I don't know, it's just stuff that I, I wasn't, wouldn't put in my portfolio necessarily <laughs> or wasn't like super proud of, but just like, hey, they're paying me to do art, sure. Yeah, 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 but it was tough for two years, I, I, I bet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, especially if like all your friends are getting jobs and they're all getting hired and stuff, you kind of feel like you're falling behind. Um, and I think I was like considering um, moving elsewhere or maybe need to try a different career and stuff. I think everyone kind of goes through that mm -hmm. identity crisis. <laughs> like, am I doing yeah. the right thing? Do I need to change some change my career? Did you ever think about moving to back to Texas where you're from? Um, not necessarily back to Texas, but I had um, like family friends up in um, actually near San Jose. Um, so and I was like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll work in like because mobile games was like really big back then. Um, I think st still are, but a lot of people were doing like mobile game art. So I was like, oh, maybe I can do something about that and just be up in, in the Bay Area. So I actually was considering like moving in um with the family back up there so yeah I don't know about Texas because where I'm from Houston not so much like an animation industry um but yeah things powerhouse. Were... isn't powerhouse up there oh yeah yeah that, that's in Austin oh, um, Austin. which okay. wasn't where I live but yeah yeah I'm glad you stayed and now you are with us <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm glad too and it, it just so happened I think like right around the time I was like thinking of moving that I got um that job on Twitter so just things happen to, you, you never know, you never know what's going to happen. Right, right. And um, the next section, we we'll want to just talk about like, it's going to be a conversation. Uh, you guys can just jump in through each other's talking too, because we want to talk about the things you learned, because I, um, I think there are going to be a lot of similarities, like you learned from your first job, like things you wish you have done, or things you wish you hadn't done. <laughs> And Larry, you mentioned that um, you learned a lot from your first job experience. Maybe you can start. Uh, well, one of the first things I, important things you kind of want to learn is um, you got to treat your job differently than you treat um, being in a classroom with other people. You're now a professional, right? Uh, so the, the two things you don't talk about ever at, at, at work is religion and politics. You, you learn to conduct yourself in a professional manner. So like sometimes you're, you're used to just like talking really casually but at the workplace. Uh, you have to, you're an adult now essentially, right? So you have to, you have to, in order to build good relationships, you, uh, you want to conduct yourself differently than you would with your friends. 
a lot of times your worldview might not be the same as your boss's. It could be very, very different. So like um, as much as like, let's say you have a certain feel things about certain way, you just keep that to yourself and, um, and you just learn to be a little bit more mature at the workplace, which I was not very good at several times. <laughs> Did I learn? I don't, I don't think I learned that much. Um, Clearly. <laughs> I learned, I, I, well, I, I, the thing is like, I make plenty of mistakes, plenty of mistakes. And every time you move on to the next job, you make fewer of those mistakes. So eventually you just go there and then, you know what, it's okay. You just keep on making mistakes and you kind of learn from that. And, and over, over time, uh, you, you learn how to treat yourself better and also just be, also how to be a better employee. Um, I think sometimes the, the best way to conduct yourself at the workplace is, is you're, I mean, you're inclined, you want to treat people as your friends, but at the same time, you know, you, you want to, how do you say it? Uh, people are very sensitive to, to how people's relationships are built there. And uh, you just don't want to, to rile or uh, ruffle any feathers because you never know uh, when somebody you might work with might be your boss one day or vice versa. So uh, at the workplace, even in school, yeah. like you, you just want to maintain good relationships. Even with sometimes uh, there might be somebody that you find absolutely obnoxious or annoying or like for whatever reason, you just kind of keep it to yourself and like just, I won't say eat it, but then unless you're doing something really bad that you can report to the HR. But uh, if HR if doesn't just, do anything, but yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, HR doesn't do That's anything. another conversation. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but just 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 maintain good relationships, and even I've been referred by people I don't even like. I find them really annoying at the workplace, and they referred me. I'm like, oh, cool, you know, thank God I didn't say anything about you openly. So yeah, yeah. sounds like only well, wanted to talk a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, He's sounds like you talk, sounds like oh. you talked a lot about politics and religion, and then that's how you learned your lesson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, especially during an election year, just just keep it all to yourself. Keep it all to yourself. Speak for yourself, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an art director, okay? I can't say whatever I want. Jesus Christ! Don't talk about religion either. <laughs> and uh, Alvin, what did you learn from that Hollywood uh, dream? Uh, it's a lot of schmoozing. I really don't like schmoozing, but it's one of the hard realities. You have to be outgoing. Being outgoing helps you. So you can't just keep to yourself all the time. You have to go out and introduce yourself. You have to do what feels fake. Like, hey, you know, hey, I'm da 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 da. Uh, you know, let's link up sometime for lunch. Like, see, I, it's even right now, it's very um, awkward for me because it's not how I like to get to know people. I'd rather just uh, meet people in a more organic way, like at a party or something. And Tinder. then just happen to talk about like, K-pop or anime or start dancing or something. So that's how I like to make friends. But it, it is a reality. You do have to put yourself out there. Um, I learned that because uh, the boss of my studio, he would constantly bring celebrities into the studio to walk them around and give them a tour of the place. I mean... That, that dude likes to schmooze. So I learned, oh, you know what? You got to schmooze. As much as I don't like it, you got to schmooze. But how come meeting all these celebrities and all these experiences made you not um, into Hollywood dream or this afterwards? Mm, I think the way he was talking, the way they were bantering back and forth, I like how Hollywood elitist talk, it just seemed so vapid and so contrite, contrived. Like there was not much substance to what they were talking about. 
Um, I don't know, I like to talk about philosophy, so maybe it's just me, I'm weird, so. Alvin's deep, the deep yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> I agree, there's a illusion of what, uh, before anybody gets in the industry, they think about celebrity culture and celebrity worship. And once you kind of get into it, you know, like uh, sometimes people say, don't meet your heroes or your, your idols. It's very, very true. You kind of learn about like the dark side, especially if you're working on a project based on like a celebrity, like you learn their inner secrets and how they work. They have a, a showcase, like a, a face they project to the audiences and then there's like the business side. And sometimes like uh, there's like, a illusion that everything's all rosy, but not to be negative or anything, but then like um, everything after a certain point where you're, you're in the business, you don't see celebrities in the same way. They're just like, they're like your business partners, you know, you're, you're working for them and uh, they're, they're like a, almost even though they're they're probably way above you in terms of pay scale they're kind of like your co-worker you're, you're working you're collaborating with them and like the less you kind of worship them in a way the more you're able to be efficiently like produced for them and not like really get in the way did, did you all have like a dream job or like a dream studio you wanted to work for and did you work there afterwards no 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 i wanted to Sorry, work for pixar yeah larry talked about it no. Angela, you don't have a dream. Do you I want wanted to, to work on Square Enix on Final Fantasy 50, but I mean, that's mm. not going to happen. <laughs> but you just put it out there. So yeah. Maybe I'll Hire me, Square Enix. <laughs> <laughs> no. But um, then what did you learn from your first game uh, industry job? Then? Me? Mm -hmm. Don't doubt yourself and don't get shit paid. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I feel like as artists, and I think, especially as a girl, you're, you're always like, oh my God, am I like, am I like good enough? Do I even deserve this? I should get under minimum wage. And then you're just like, okay, I'll, I'll take this. Give me anything you want. But then it's like, I think that's the thing that I learned the most. It, it's, it still gets really hard, but I think um, everybody has to work on their negotiation. That's why you should tune into Kim's lecture tomorrow about negotiation. Nice plug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you move on to animation because you got paid more? No, I moved on because I was like, I'm not going to commute to Santa Ana from Arcadia anymore. And I can't drive oh, two damn. hours. Yeah. But when I saw my paycheck in animation, I was like, oh, what is this? Okay. Wow. Okay. I could survive that. I know what Feng Zhu is talking about. So it, it was nice. And then it's really important for you guys before you get into the industry to talk to more people with experience. So you know how much money you're supposed to get. I think um, people like studios take advantage of people just getting out of school. So you guys should for equip sure. yourself with this knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, not just for people out of school though, for everyone. Uh, if you wanna land or negotiate a new job, you should just really uh, do some research and find a good number. Yeah, but it's like different because if you're in a guild job, you'll have to have a minimum, minimum that's met but if it's like not a guild job, it's kind of like the wild west. So uh, you have to understand the differences between the two. Yeah. Yeah. And Michelle, uh, is your studio also in the guild? Yeah. Actually, when I I think the when I joined, they had just joined the guild. So I was pretty lucky that. Um, in terms of like things that I wish I knew, um, I think. I just maybe as like general advice for people don't assume that like your first job is it's going to answer all your problems 
or because I think everyone really wants to break in and and they think that like when they land that job they're going to make it they're legit now um it certainly does feel good but it's not it's not like everything your career is not just your identity mm-hmm. um yeah. so and I think a lot of people think that oh yeah I'm, I'm gonna get a job and everything is gonna go great and now everyone's gonna respect me and stuff and there's like you will notice some elitism with people who will maybe won't talk to you if you're not like working in the studios already or you're still Mm. a student or stuff which yeah yeah, I don't believe in that I hate that actually um but what was I saying yeah I I think you'll need to like cultivate other parts of your yourself your interests and your personality and not like put everything all on just like your your job your career and stuff um, because your first job could be like really shitty, um, mm. and like Alvin's experience, or um, it was good maybe and bad. good, good yeah, good and bad. Yeah, um, not everyone's gonna land their like dream job initially, and it's all gonna be a big learning experience. Um, and yeah, that's kind of lost my train of thought, but <laughs> general yeah. advice. What were some mistakes or things you wish you didn't do besides the social skills you were training, like Larry was talking about? Are there are, are there things you think people should be mindful I'll go. of? <laughs> Don't trust everyone, guys. <laughs> and I was going to say something that kind of contradicts that. I was going to say, go out and try to make friends with as many people in the place as you can. Well, I agree with uh, Alvin. (laughs) That's how we we built this group and we have so many people out here. because most people are nice, but sometimes you're unlucky and you meet some people that are out to get you. So like, I think just have, be smart. Don't be like me. (laughs) I would say say one thing I wish I did better when I was working was I wish I stayed in shape more. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, you tend to get stressed out really easily. There's a lot of deadlines and sometimes uh, places they try to uh, bribe you with food, right? They bring in cake and they bring in donuts and and you're thinking, oh, well, you're coming off being like a poor student. You're like, oh shit, there's free food. I'm going to eat everything, you know? Oh, this is from this bakery. It's an expensive donut. I'm going to eat it. So you eat like two or three and then you eat five ice creams and you eat a sandwich and you eat this and that. And then you're filling stuff up. You're the only one that did that. But anyway, you're used to that, that, that lifestyle of just sustenance, right? And then later on, you're like all like lethargic and stuff and you're working yeah. at your desk and then you get sleepy at work. And so like you got to stay healthy and stay in shape because it, it coincides with how much how productive you are at work and how much you can focus. And so, yeah. Another tip, um, mm-hmm. if there's an event, go to the event. Go out. Even if you're an introvert, even if you're a homebody, just you got to show up sometimes. You got to show your face because no one's going to know about you if, if, if you're never out. Hmm. Do you mean the conventions, art-related events? Yeah, if it's like a work event, you know, which is a, like an after-work thing, you know, trying to show up. Even if you don't like anybody, show up anyway. Show up anyway. It's going to be hard for people who are a little bit shy. or Yes, yeah. it will be hard. You're at a disadvantage, shy people. But if you, how do you talk to people? Because like I go to parties sometimes, and then there's like a lot of people, and I'm just like in the corner. I'm like, uh, yeah, just go like. Hopefully, you have basic speaking skills, like how we're speaking right now. That's basically the the base level you should be at. Can you have a conversation? How you how you open the conversation is fine as long as you can keep going, and don't worry too much. If you're like if you're in your head too much, you won't be able to think of anything. 
conversation. Yeah, we're gonna have another podcast on social skills. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that would be good, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, people are giving some good tips in in the chat. Yeah, um, people were also asking about conventions. Um, I know Angela was lucky enough to got the first job from the convention. Do you guys uh, try to talk like when you have a full time job? If you have a table at the convention, do you talk to students like when they come over, ask for you for a portfolio review and just critiques? Yeah, um, I've I've tabled before and yeah, I, it's it's exhausting. But yeah, I try to talk to everybody. Um, and I and also being on the other side, I think when I went to my first CTN, like everybody, you trying to show people your portfolio, but had a lot of anxiety about and I still do I have so much anxiety about like talking to somebody especially if they're like an artist you admire um your art hero or something and then like showing them your work because you know that like 50 other people are also showing them portfolios at the same time you're like oh, no, 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 should I do it um but you kind of do have to put yourself because like, like like you were saying if, if you don't do it then how are you ever going to get your work out there um so what was the question? Why am I Yeah, if the conventions help students and uh, if it helps your career, if you want to switch career even. So mm -hmm. I, I, I'm still doing conventions to this day. Um, I think art conventions are a good way to, to practice uh, your social skills and understand the people out there. And you never know who are roaming these con uh, conventions. Like you have big name directors, celebrities, and people who will convention, commission your products. And this, and this is uh, also a good way for, for them to kind of uh, get feedback. Because sometimes uh, if let's say you're going to uh, another convention to get a portfolio review, sometimes uh, art directors will come by and actually will give you a, a review at your conventions. And also you get to speak to people like who are a little bit new. And um, also uh, the great thing about conventions, it's, it's a great test in patience because you're gonna meet people from all walks of life with all sorts of personalities. And in order to be able to function in the workplace, you have to be a patient person. And you're gonna meet some characters, but uh, at the end of the day, I think doing the conventions will make you become a nicer person if you yeah. want to, because like, even if you meet some really, really annoying person, at the end of the day, if you're nice to them, they'll buy your stuff. Yeah, too, too bad we can't really have conventions this year. So maybe next year, guys. <laughs> well, I think another good thing about conventions is like when people don't buy your artwork, it's good training for yourself too. Cause I know like artists are sensitive for me. When I saw the person next to me selling so many prints and I sold nothing, I was like, okay, I got over it. At first it really hurt, but um, I think that's really good training for artists cause you need to just get over that shit. Yeah. And it goes back to what everybody's saying. Like you kind of have to talk and get to know more people. Right, right. Okay, I'm gonna go through the questions and we have half an hour, we'll see. I think um, a lot of the, these you guys have already answered. And so the first one is Susie, she says, anybody make, make a career change from ad industry into animation or games? I would like to. Um, not ad, I came from engineering, but um, I'm thinking if you're coming from ads, it would be easier because uh, ads, you still have to apply a lot of creative ideas, a lot of your creativity. So it would be easier to go from ads to animation. You just need to get a good referral. Yeah. And Susie, I know you can paint. So if you just make an animation style portfolio, you should be good. Mm -hmm. huh. Yeah. Uh, we'll hook it up, Susie. But um, I have friends who worked for PSYOP and um, I think that's more of an advertising agency. So um, they're working, they moved back to LA from New York. So they're working in animation now. 
And next one from Jason. Uh, what are the things you know now about how to get work that you wish you knew when you were applying for your first job? Yeah, I would have schmoozed a lot more. Yes. The whole reason I got that job was my friend who referred me and he's a schmoozer. He, he specifically goes down to LA just to go to meet people. I yeah. think I wish I asked more questions about stuff like pay and, and what to expect because that's not something people really talk about it and I still feel awkward um, asking people but I think if if we got more of like a culture people were comfortable talking about how much they're getting paid and and so then you'll know like what to ask for or how to know if someone's lowballing you and stuff so I that's something I still need to work on and get over with just like asking questions that I know I can't answer myself and and even if I feel embarrassed asking just just to find out more information it'll help everybody overall but it's kind of hard for like a student let's say if you just graduated you don't know anyone you're not sure. friend, good friends with anyone who are who are already working uh how do you get those pay information well the thing is i mean we have our warrior painters community <laughs> discord with the, like over 800 members, I think, because um, yeah. now there's so many ways you can just reach out to people um, online on Instagram or Discord, and, and and I think that's great about our community is like generally generally everyone is like pretty open to answering questions and, and sharing information. So I think now people are, are really lucky to have so much such access to all this information. So yeah, and is... we have a lot of members, but I only see the same faces and names all the time. So most of the members are not active. Um, yeah so, or they're I mean, lurking yeah if you're lurking it's again if you're just lurking that's again practice to be social you know just, just go and say hi post some art and participate in in the one of the many channels that we have yeah they're a lot of fun trust me guys <laughs> <laughs> thanks for doing all the promoting <laughs> i think also what alvin says um back then i was really afraid of asking for stuff so i think of course, you don't just be like, you're not, you're not going to go up to someone like, hey, could you give me a job? You have to like learn how to talk to them. But um, after you get to a certain level, if you guys feel like you're ready to move on to like art directing or you just want to switch careers, I think it just takes like a question from you guys like, hey, could you guys help me get into this position? Or you let the HR know. So um, I think that's something I regret not asking for more stuff early on. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to ask. But, but it is it is common to feel kind of scared in the beginning, especially if it's yeah. your first job. You, Super, yeah. yeah. You don't yeah. you don't know how to ask for pay or you yeah, know. You're afraid of being that person who asks for shit too much. You know what I'm saying? Like that, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that kiss ass person that's always asking for shit. Yeah. But you know you got to be that person sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So like Jessica said, it's good to ask, but not be entitled. So I yes, think that's true. That's yeah. It. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But what do you guys think about um, just standing up for yourself in a workplace? Yeah, yeah, you should do that. You have to feel out the situation, in my opinion, because some people they they'll always think they're right. So you need to know you need to pick and choose your battles. Because sometimes if you fight back, it's just going to make your long term project more painful. Mm -hmm. So you need to yeah, be able point. to see like, is it worth it if I do this? Yeah, you got to work with that person every day. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I'm not in animation or art at all, but I remember in my early years, I had issue saying no to people, especially people who are a little bit higher mm -hmm. up than me. So they would just dump me work. Yeah. I think that was my issue back then. I was like, how do I say no to these people? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Did you guys oh, have uh, the same experience? Yeah, learning how to say no is also as hard as, yeah, you don't want to be a yes person. Yeah, otherwise people will, will just walk all over you. Yeah. I have one more tip for yeah. people in the chat who are students right now. If you're a student right now and uh, you got some extra time outside of doing your homework and stuff, go get a part-time job as a server or a barista or something in customer service. Because I saw a comment there, something someone mentioned customer service. It's a very key skill. You will learn how to deal with people. You will learn how to um, diffuse situations. You will learn how to convince people to, to buy things from you. It's very good all around. That's a good tip. Yeah, I think that's. Did you guys helpful. did you guys work in a service industry before? Wiener schnitzel. <laughs> yeah, I was a barista for five years. That's great. Yeah, that's a good tip. So let me move on to the questions. Um, were any of you guys that set on one art job, or were you all open to doing anything related to VizDAP slash illustration and other things in the industry besides the animation industry? I don't think I was dead set, um, maybe because I was afraid of commitment. I didn't want to live it myself. Because <laughs> it is kind of, and, and I think that's something I've also learned. Don't assume that you're just going to do one thing um, for your whole career. Your your position and, and stuff, it, it will always be changing. There's always like other things you can be doing. So I don't, I don't agree with the mindset of just like, doing one thing, unless that's like truly your one passion, you can't imagine doing anything else. Um, but for me, that wasn't my my path. I wanted to like be more open-minded and plus new like careers and positions in, in art are always like opening up. Um, like for us, we didn't know about a lot of these um, art positions when we were in school. So if we were dead set on something else, we wouldn't may not have fallen into um, the careers and paths that we are at now. Yeah, I think you can have the skills and you can apply to a lot of different things, right? And even Larry was saying fine art. I mean, you studied fine art, like maybe you're not into it right now, but you still have the skills you can apply yeah, to it, it, right? it taught me how to bullshit really well. So in certain situations, like uh, they teach you how to communicate better and how to worry better. So when you're in a tough situation, like if you want to convince a lot of fine art is just like you're taking this, this spray bottle, right? And then you just want to convince why this is art. And if you can 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 pull something out convince of your ass, convince us, Larry. Convince yeah, okay. We're gonna bring Caroline to Pedro. have a talk with you. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can sense her anger right now. But. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, next one is: Do you know other people that have been able to get jobs through conventions? Um, and how do recruiters judge? I believe during conventions. Yep. I mean, uh, I think so. I mean, no, I I don't know if people talk about that a lot, but I mean, I I just know of me, but I, I know like there's a lot of like Larry says as they're going through conventions, you never know who's there. It could be the owner of Legendary or something. So yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. And don't ignore people because that are not, aren't necessarily like the big studios. Cause I think all the students, they kind of flock to the big name studios, but there's a lot of other um, people there too. Maybe they're smaller studios or maybe they, maybe they are not, they don't have like official representation, but they're like still scoping around. I know my studio was doing that and they didn't like have an official booth necessarily, but they were still like talking to artists. So um, you want to make sure you're on your best behavior and have, you know, your portfolio ready to, to show to whoever too mm -hmm. and also at small studios you learn more because there's a better yes. chance that you're not going to be stuck just doing one thing yeah. they'll yeah. probably have you put on more than one hat at a time so it's a good chance to learn a lot in a short period of time yeah i saw there's another question just about the difference working at a small studio versus a big one and what's the benefit of working at a big studio then besides the big names and a good um Resume. Probably. <laughs> yeah, networking. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Networking is a big one. Sometimes they have a better air conditioner systems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, that's uh, or, or free yeah. lunch, right? Yeah, yeah free lunch, healthcare, um, all that security stuff that people like. If you like if you want to be secure, you know, work at a big place. Also the jobs tend to last longer. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. And yeah, and you get, it looks good on your resume. Mm, and you will, it will also help you, if, if you haven't already, it'll also help you um, wake up. It'll uh, from, it'll, what's the word, dispel. It'll dispel any kind of uh, romantic fantasies you have about working in yeah. animation. Yeah, mm. true, that's true. So, so right now, because we're in this pandemic, do you guys see, um, the big studios keep the people more or the small mm. studios tend to keep the employees more? Mm, I think I've seen both. I know, I know of shows that have been canceled because like they just can't afford them. Um, but then I also still see studios hiring. Um, so I think it just depends on the studio, but I see both. Is it easier to um, get rolled around in a bigger studio? I think it depends. It depends yeah. on how many projects they got going on. And how much uh, they like you. How much they mm. like you, yeah. <laughs> so there's no not really big difference between small studio and big studio. Well, a big studio would have a lot more projects than a small studio. Yeah. So maybe more opportunities to roll onto a smaller show or other show. Um, but I, my studio, it's a small studio, but I've been on there for maybe like five or six years, and, and I've always been rolled onto um, other shows. So it really depends maybe if they like you, if you made a good impression on people, if they like your work. Um, yeah. And this one's a big one. Where do you guys see yourselves in 10 years, career-wise? Fuck. Not depending on a studio and yeah. playing everything, yeah. so that's all. <laughs> Yeah, I would like, I would like to have more than one stream of income. I wouldn't mind still working for a studio, but I would also like to be well known enough where I can get um, a stream of income just from my own personal art, like James Dean. I want to be James Dean, basically. That's similar. I would like to have um, flexibility and not be dependent on a studio, um, but also like Alvin, I wouldn't mind working at a studio, but I don't want them to be my main source of income. Mm -hmm. um, and especially now with um, work from home, we've shown that like we can work anywhere really with our setup and in, in animation. So 
be nice not to have to go into a studio all the time. So and I think having, the reason, yeah. oh, keep going. You, oh, no, no, I'm done. All right. And I think the reason why we say that, I think all of us have woken up and uh, we don't, we've woken up, we've seen all the realities of the everyday, you know, working in the biz. And um, the things you learn is that uh, just because you work somewhere doesn't mean that company is loyal to you. You're still uh -huh. just a tool for them, for their bottom yep. line. It's uh -huh. not stable. Um, the next one is, does moving to LA uh, slash California make a difference in finding more jobs? I understand it's really expensive to live there, but is it worth it? I think it is because you're with people who do the stuff and you can go to a CDA and like brainstorm, but now everything's online. So maybe it won't make a difference. Yeah, I think it depends on your situation. If you're international, that's like a much bigger um, commitment and also, um, if you're international, I think you need to have a degree, right, to, to stay in the U.S. to work. Um, so that's like something you may, you also need to consider. Um, moving to L.A. definitely, I think for us, since we're all L.A. based, it's definitely helped our careers. But I, I know people who don't live in L.A. and they, they have careers fine in art as well. Mm -hmm. um, it's just... It's a little different if you have like if you're able to i think it'll it'll be great and plus it's such there's such a great like art scene animation scene here if you want to be part of that if you want to be part of an or if you just want to live in in los angeles um that could be a good good move for you but some people hate la that's not for everybody so consider that too if you feel like this the city is the right fit for you to live in because yeah. it's not for career yeah it, it it can be great but also if it if it's if you just can't vibe with this city is just not for you, you, like you may drive. be miserable yeah. yeah if you don't like driving yeah. that's, that's gonna be rough yeah also i would say move to la if you're very confident about your work if you think you your work is great if you know you're able to go out and socialize and talk to people because uh it's sometimes you won't have help sometimes you have to go out there and do shit from scratch you have to build all those networks from scratch so if you're confident about doing all that stuff yeah okay go ahead try it Move to LA, like mm -hmm. I did. I I happened to survive for seven years, so yeah, still here. that's a long time. So so you guys being in LA and you kind of know all of you except for Larry, you know the animation industry, right? So yeah. how like can you talk about the current job market in animation, maybe specifically about LA and how has it changed over the years? So I guess this is asking: Is it getting easier? Is it getting harder? Getting harder to find a job. Mm -hmm. Because I think the problem is a lot of people who just get their jobs, they feel obligated to stay at work and put in free overtime and turn in like a lot of extra work. So it's giving a lot of like producers the wrong mentality that like, oh, so this artist finished like 10 drawings in a week. And because of this, every other schedule is going to be based off of this. So it's just like a really broken system. So I feel like it's getting harder and harder with all the projects I've been on. But it's been doing okay during the pandemic because animation isn't affected that much, right? Oh, you're talking about that. Uh, no, I'm talking about right now, but. Oh. I think it's grown a lot more, especially with streaming. Um, there's just, there's so much shows and content that need to be made. Um, and we've seen how like animation is like a little bit more resilient versus um, live action shows and stuff. Um, so there's, 
I think there's a lot of demand for animation, but also it's it's very competitive because now so yeah. many people yeah. there's want more to, people in the yeah. pool. There's more competition. More people want to get in, and if you're younger, you're cheaper. So I think as you get older, I like I don't see as many older um, professionals um, in certain jobs. Like a lot, all the designers at my studio are, are very very young. Um, so I, I don't know how long or sustainable the, the career can be like later on as well. Um, and also, and we, we mostly been talking about animation too, but also there's like obviously games and, and advertising and theme parks as Larry works in. And there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of overlap too, like the skills you do in one industry that will definitely like carry over into the other industries. And I've seen some people move around or some people are trying to like get into, into the other industry as well. but. Um, you, there's a lot of, I think, opportunities to work in, in art that may not necessarily just be animation related. And Larry, I got one question you can't answer. Okay. <laughs> what, 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 what is your unique skill that you hope will stand out to your employer? Mm. Oh, uh, unique skill. There are skills that you can learn outside of uh, animation at art school if, from even regular colleges that you can apply. Like I, I used to do a lot of community service and uh, and um, bringing uh, practical skills that uh, you learn from other avenues and, and, and introducing them to things that, uh, I mean, because when you're in art school and when you go to art school, it's just such focus to one thing. So everybody kind of like is so focused on building certain things. You're missing out on other life, life activities. So I encourage people to even, even it's, college is really expensive right now, but if you get a chance to meet people and outside of industry, that's a great way to, to broaden your horizons. And uh, so like I, I usually I bring a perspective outside of our school, having gone to two different colleges, I think Alvin can attest to this, that you have a very different way of thinking about how to approach things. So it's just offers an alternative view. And what about Michelle and Angela? What, what, are, what are your special skills? I know Alvin can dance really well. <laughs> uh, it only helps at parties. <laughs> From what I've, I've been told and, and when I've talked to like my supervisors and stuff, um, they appreciate my like, um range and adaptability and stuff um that i'm like able to like put on i think we we're talking about putting on different hats because uh, i work at a smaller studio so i do like work as a character designer but i i also like do other stuff as well i paint um so being able to have like a, a range and, and diversity in, in the stuff that you do um i think is is very helpful um I don't know. It's so hard to talk about what makes me unique. <laughs> it's okay. We all think like that sometimes. Yeah. But other people can always find our unique skills. Yeah. <laughs> and Angela, you wanted to say something earlier? No, I didn't want to say anything. Oh, what's your special <laughs> skills? I want to know that too. I, I don't know. Let's skip this and ask. There's so many other questions. I think Angela is a really good leader. And, and you're very ambitious and driven. Oh, like when you say you, you want to do something, it happens. Because like, uh, Kaylee's doing all the work in the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're a great team. Yeah, yeah that, that leads to our next question. How did you guys all meet? I guess including me. <laughs> well, Larry I met and... Michelle at club, I mean, not clubbing, sorry. I met Michelle <laughs> at Warrior Painters. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's how I've met everyone else through warrior painters 
Right. Right. Uh, it was from school. Alvin yeah. was from Warrior Painters. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I joined Warrior Painters through Steve because me and Steve worked together. And then Steve was in Warrior Painters first. And then um, I joined it because I kept seeing his posts. And uh, oh, it was this Warrior Painters thing. Uh, then I lurked on war- on the Facebook page for like a year before ever coming out. And then I came out for the first time. And I'm like, whoa, hey, everybody. And you never <laughs> stopped coming. Yeah, I've come you semi-regularly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, warrior painters. And another question is about how do you guys think about art school? Um, I think we talk about making another podcast about this, but if you guys want to just touch on that, it'd be good too. Ooh, that's a big, that's a big one. Uh, too long, didn't read. Um, <laughs> not worth it. Yeah, same. I agree with that. Um, depends on your situation. Um, like I was saying earlier, if you're international, you... Main, and if you want to come to the U.S., then you need to consider um, getting a degree, maybe. Um, but now there's so many um, schools and ways to learn. Art school is not the only path, I would say. If you are not self-disciplined, then you might need some form of instruction. And uh, like some of us like uh, have a tiger parents, and they want you to have good grades, and the grades are a measure of how, how much effort you pulled into stuff. So maybe for some people like that, school might be good. But if I, I really recommend to train you guys to be self-disciplined, that's like the best possible outcome. Yeah. So you won't be in debt. So learn how to be self-disciplined and then that's the best yeah. outcome for you. Don't play so much Animal Crossing. Oh, Rydell, if you're here. No, I agree. Um, I think one thing I learned from Art Center is time management. So I can't say I hated Art Center completely. <laughs> But is a, is a diploma needed in your industry? No. 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 That's unless, unless, unless you guys want to move over from another country, I think it's necessary. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we have one here. Um, we might only have time for like two more. Uh, so this one is, is about how do you deal with comparing yourself to others, especially to younger artists? My favorite topic. Good question. <laughs> How do we deal? I don't know if I can deal. <laughs> uh, How do you feel when, when you're comparing yourself to younger, more talented? Like shit? Others? Yeah, like shit, but what could you do about it? Yeah. You can't go back to the future. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I used to think when I, when I see people's work, I used to say to myself, oh, so good. I suck so bad. But now I learned to never say anything negative about myself, except if I'm just kidding. And now when I see other people's good work, I'm like, oh, that's so good. Okay, let's try this. Let's do this. It makes me want to try it too. I like that. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like even though people are really good at that moment, um, some people are late bloomers. So uh, you always have the, like, I wasn't always the best at art school, but I think if you'd work hard and have that um, discipline that Larry was talking about, then you could get farther um, later on. And um, you just have to be patient with yourself. Yeah. And you can't be good at everything. So don't try to do that. Yeah. Looking through all the, the Instagram feeds of really amazing artists. Um, but you also like for us, we have, we have some experience now and we've had like other life experience that make us who we are. So like, I think when you're a student starting out, maybe art is really most of your life experience, especially if you went through art school. 
Um, but after having other, doing other things with your life, having other hobbies and interests, it's not, it doesn't become as big of a deal to me to see like amazing artists like, wow, that's awesome. Great for them. Um, I'm not there. I, I will never be that great, but I also, I have other skills, other interests and stuff that make up who I am too. Mm -hmm. that's yeah, true. that's a good, that's a good yeah. perspective. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're not just an artist. You yeah. are a person, you have other yeah. hobbies and yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Don't be yeah. so attached in how other people think of you. Yeah. That's hard. Get off social media sometimes. <laughs> Good suggestion. <laughs> but but stay on Warrior Painters so you can see our new events. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't forget Warrior Painters. Okay, this one's easy, but it's for Elvin specifically. What's schmooze? <laughs> schmooze? Um, it's a kind of cream that you put on a bagel. <laughs> Are you talking about a schmear? Oh, that's schmear. <laughs> schmooze is like small talk, like a, kind of like... A, hey, we should get lunch. That's basically schmoozing. When you go to an art, like a fancy fine art gallery, an art, an art opening, and everyone's drinking wine and cheese and shit and talking about the art. Oh, this is so lovely. I love how it reflects the soul of the artist. Don't you think so? That's schmoozing. It's kind of like a very surface level um, talk. Mostly kind of, kind of like networking talk. Yeah. Okay, because that was an easy one. So... I'm gonna ask one more question, okay? How do you show your thanks to someone if they put in good word for you? I usually feel compelled to feed people or give someone a small gift, but maybe that's too much. Do you just pay it forward? What do you do? I would just uh, do a good job. If you talk about like referring you to a job or something, yeah. uh, just do a really, really good job so you prove to the them that they made the right decision to refer you. The worst thing you can do is someone refer to you and then yeah. you do a really bad the, job. Yeah, that's the risk. Yeah. Because then you, the person that associate you're associated with, their reputation looks bad too. If yeah. you're not, if they don't, if the company ends up not liking you. Um, I think uh, on a more emotional aspect, if you feel like, if you're that type of person who likes to give thanks, I think it's just nice to mention like, like once in a while, like, oh, um, so-and-so helped me and um, I will be forever thankful. Just like to mention Give it a once shout in a while. Out. Yeah, just a shout out. Yeah. I think sometimes it really touches people's hearts. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think this happens a lot now. Like maybe they refer you, but you might refer them later for something else. Yeah. Like yeah. keeping all these people in mind for other opportunities and stuff. Yeah. And, thing uh, to do. and a good habit to start is always give thanks. Always practice gratitude. When you're talking about something and then say your supervisor says, hey, good job on this. You think you, could, you can have some credit, but always give some credit to everyone else that has helped you. Yeah, that's really important. And I think that's what makes, that might make you more unique and stand out for your personality. And that's a really good tip. Yeah, that was a good question to end session. Thank you all Yay. for talking to us today. Thanks, and thanks everyone for joining and asking questions in the chat. Bye guys. Bye. Bye See you on the next one. Roll guys. the outro music. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any suggestions, please leave your comments on whichever platform you are listening with. And if you like this podcast and other events we organize, please consider donating to us on Gumroad. You'll find a link in the description. Thank you and hope to see you again soon.